Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, we're talking sporting Kansas City soccer. SKC has already opened the season, a 1-1 draw at the Houston Dynamo last weekend. That's a better start than last year when an opening game loss led to a 10-game winless streak to open the season. But in 2023, Sporting rallied to make the MLS playoffs and knocked off top-seeded St. Louis in an opening round series. So entering this season, the vibe is better for manager Peter Vermees and the players, and you'll hear from them on today's show. But first, a discussion among Vahe Gregorian, star columnist, beat writer Daniel Sperry, and a special guest, Nate Bucati. Nate is a longtime radio co-host of the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB, His national profile has grown as a broadcaster for MLS games on Apple TV and other outlets. So let's get going talking Sporting Kansas City with Vahe, Daniel, and Nate. Hey, but first, a note about this conversation. When we recorded it, we weren't sure when the program would post. So you'll hear some references to next week, last week, having played the Philadelphia Union, this Saturday's opponent, all sorts of things. So just for reference, we recorded this conversation on Tuesday, February 27th. We have the biggest of hitters in the house with us now. In fact, such a big hitter. I'm going to turn the recording device toward him. And oh, I thought you were looking at Daniel. <laughs> the, the elaborate recording device. The elaborate recording yeah. device. Fancy studio. <laughs> Nate Piketty is here. And Nate Piketty is not only the voice um, of a voice on Sports Radio 810 in the mornings with Stephen St. John, not only a voice with Sporting Kansas City and everything Kansas City soccer, but he is a voice for the MLS, Apple TV, Fox, everything. Nate, thanks for stopping by. Um, what did I miss? What, what I don't know, but doing? I want to stop by more often because that's like the best introduction I've gotten <laughs> anywhere. So thank you, Blair. This is, this is great. No, man, I'm, uh, it's awesome to be with you guys. Well, thanks for doing this. We're, we're just going to chat a little bit about what we heard today uh, at Sporting Kansas City's Media Day. We're recording this on um, uh, a week earlier. Listen, I know you're hearing this on Tuesday, but actually we, we spoke a, a week ago. So... Uh, forgive us for delaying this, but that's how it works in the podcast industry. Uh, <laughs> content creation, baby. That's right. Um, we got to turn to the experts here, Daniel and Nate, about uh, just a kind of a, a quick preview of this team. This season's team already had a match, mm-hmm. uh, 1-1 draw at Houston, scored early, scored first, mm-hmm. uh, but but ended up getting a draw, which was they got a result. What why is there reason to believe that this team will get off to a better start in 2024 than last year? I think first off, it's the health. Um, for me, the the health of this team is completely different from what it was at the beginning of last year. I, I was looking back at it, and I think maybe five or six of the people who started in the game against St. Louis at home when they won that, could clinch that round, um, Six, six of the 11 starters were not healthy enough to be on the field or even in the starting 11 or, or in, the, in the, the match day roster for that team that um, started out in those first four games. And so um, 
you know, over that time, you, you get all those players in and then you saw what happened when that was in. There's none of that integration for these guys in now. I mean, there's some guys that are slowly getting minutes back because they picked up a minor knock or so um, in the training camp and they, they're being very cautious with bringing them back. So the health and the, the fitness side may, you know, I think Peter mentioned after the match against Houston, Johnny's not 90 minutes fit yet, but you got 60 minutes of Johnny Russell on the field. That did not happen for the first four and a half games of the season. Um, so what what well when you look at this team now you're looking at okay well we've got they've got the full team uh that went on that massive run to make the playoffs after the the dire start that's for the most part who's playing in this at the start of the season and i think that is an encouraging sign because that's a team that we have seen get results on the field um especially over a long extended period of time we're able to be one of the five best teams in the league over that course of time so uh i think that that for me that's why when you look at the way they've gone in to the start of this season compared to last season um that's just that that cannot be uh understated you guys don't need me here because daniel <laughs> covered it um so in an attempt not to basically repeat exactly what he said because i sign off on all of it i'll try to build on it a little bit if there's one more thing uh that i would add to that it's the consistency that they have as a squad playing together and that 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 is somewhat related to the fact that they're healthier this year but also i would point out that players like nemanja radoya and danny rosero were newcomers not only to the team but to the league at this time last year and i i don't have the dates correct right off the top of my head maybe daniel does but Radoya was a little banged up at the start of the season too, so he wasn't even really a fully integrated player at this time last year. And Rosero didn't come in till right at the start of the season, if I remember correctly. So yeah, both I think both of them made their debuts in the Philadelphia match. Okay, uh, which is when Allen also made his return yeah. to play. So yeah, so even those guys weren't even if they weren't healthy, they weren't fully integrated to the team yet. But also, I think it took those guys a while. I know this from talking to Tim Melia. He, he mentioned this to me a, a few days ago. Those players, it, it takes a while to learn the system of the new team that you're at, but also to learn the unique challenges of playing Major League Soccer in the United States. Most guys reference the travel, the weather conditions. They're not used to getting on a plane and flying three hours to their matches. That would be by far the longest road trip they would take in a season, especially if they're coming from Europe. So the fact that they've got an entire season under their belts and then an offseason and a preseason to ramp up, I think that the chemistry on the team this year should be much better right out of the gate than it was at this time a year ago. And Vahe, uh, Peter Vermees came over and spoke to us kind of before the uh, media festivities started and mentioned the difference in training this year versus last and how there was, I believe he used dark cloud, which yeah. was kind of an interesting way to describe it. Well, it was very interesting on multiple levels because he spoke about the fact that they went to Florida instead of Arizona, just so, as I understood it anyway, just for a change, wanted to, you know, I don't know if it's a weather change exactly, right? But it, but the challenge with a different environment, just, you know, how you reset when you go different places. And I think it had been 10, 12 years that they'd been going to Arizona. But the dark cloud reference was to just the format last year in Arizona. They would have all the guys rehabbing right there. Like, they were literally seeing them on the sidelines while they're you know, having the workouts. And I, I don't... It was a little unclear to me if he recognized that in real time that he thought of it as a dark cloud or in hindsight. But by contrast, this year, 
either because of the, the fact that very few people are injured. In fact, who's injured? Yeah, yeah right? I think there's there's four guys who are out. Um, but even then, I think they're not to be rude to those players, but they they're not necessarily the, the not heavy hitters, not the first right. team players. And Debe's injured and from last well. year. Yeah. He's yeah. still trying to come back. That's the most yeah. significant. But one. even but, when they were in Florida, yeah. I think those whoever those guys all were, I don't think they were physically there. They worked them out back here because there weren't so many of them that you had to have them all on site. So it sounded very liberating to me the way he was describing. It. Like it was just this. It was a great symbol of the heaviness of early last season. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna since I'm with uh, writers, I'm gonna try to give a literary reference here. <laughs> you didn't have any idea how off the rails this would get by inviting me, but um, I'm in the process of reading the Harry Potter books with my daughter back. I read them once back in the day, and now I'm mm-hmm. reading them. And we just had a chapter last night. I don't know if this is a reference you guys will pick up or not, but the the at the Weasley house they had a magical grandfather clock, <laughs> and instead of the hands telling you what time it was the hands represented each person in the family, all four of the children and the mom and dad, mm-hmm. and it, it would point to where they were in the world. And mm-hmm. sometimes it would be on the way home, but it also could point to things like in mortal peril. <laughs> and at one point in the, at the part we were reading the book last night, all of the family's hands were pointing towards in mortal peril. And the mom kind of tries to dismissively say, it's been like that for a few weeks now. And, and I had a conversation with my daughter about the fact that could you imagine, ha- like most people that are in mortal peril probably don't know it. Could you imagine having a sign on the wall in your house that's just reminding of you that all day, every day that, by the way, someone's trying to kill you, you know, and what a cloud that would be hanging over you. That's what I'm thinking of with this that's idea that analogy, while yeah. we're training, here's all of our best players over there and they're not available. Like it's just a reminder yeah. at yeah. all times. And I don't know that there's my, there's my, literary reference for the day well done well done well done but it's also i mean that's a that's the the picture that peter's painted of this you know a couple of times now too was that the ability to not look over and just see Mm -hmm. guys on a treadmill or guys on a bike and knowing that they're nowhere near being able to even remotely contribute and they're the guys that everyone's in finances are invested in um and everyone's hopes are the fan base's hopes are invested in i think that 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 took a toll on a team mentally that i think is something that as you said, maybe in hindsight, you can see how much of a toll that was when you get back into that situation. And it's like, wow, everybody's in training today. And there might be one guy who is nursing things off to the side. I know they mentioned, too, the fact that they changed their, their, their like, testing when they get in. So everybody tests. And if they, they all come in and they test if they hit their level of, of fitness. They're, they're in a green light. And there's a yellow light and a red light. They said for the first time ever, everybody came in at a green light except for one player and that player and that player had to step aside and train by themselves in a way to allow them to ramp up so they did not further injure themselves um, and as a way to motivate them to get fit and that player very quickly got out of that group and was back within the full group and so I think when you when you have that ability to have everybody in on every little session and you're trying to layer in all the details of the tactics and the system and everything it just makes everything feel better and I think that you know last year they won the game it all started to feel better and then the feel came with the play on the field and they went on that run and you can start out feeling good probably has a huge huge impact can you can that carry into this season is that well I think Peter said something today at the at the media session and it might have been to 
Vahe's question that I think stands out is that, it, you know, you work and work and work to build self-confidence and then it can all go away like that, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's probably part of the, the constant stress you find yourself under is that you can still go play a couple of good matches and the results don't turn out the way that you want to and then all of a sudden does it start to hurt your confidence again. So you're maybe constantly fighting that battle. And the thing about this league is, I mean, one thing that Major League Soccer has that no other soccer league, and Daniel might correct me on this, that I can think of in the world is the word parody that we hear that's referenced so often in the NFL where the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs, can lose to the Raiders, right, in the regular season. You can, you can, you can run into a stretch. Most teams in Major League Soccer run into a stretch where the results don't go their way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes results you think that on paper they should totally win – they don't get the result. And so you, that's still going to be tested at some point this season, whether it's now or in the middle of the year. I, I would be stunned if they don't have a rocky patch at some point this year that they have to figure out how to navigate. Claire, to your question, too, uh, Tim Melia spoke to this a little bit. He used the term, you can't recreate the magic that they that they got. You can't, I mean, you can't assume it. You can't. Right. It, it's <laughs> its own concoction this time around. Mm-hmm. So I do believe there's got to be some kind of, you know, some kind of, momentum that carries when you you see what you did when you're healthy but it can be gone in, in an instant you have to mm-hmm. have to reset your own whole agenda for the season I mean, yeah. just... uh, so again we're at media day and we, we talk a lot about not not just sporting Kansas City but soccer in Kansas City mm-hmm. and what's what's happening here and it's amazing mm-hmm. and it's it's the next few years are just going to be unbelievable yeah. um, let's start with a game in April mm-hmm. that, that's coming up uh, Miami is coming to Kansas City they moved the game to Arrowhead Stadium and uh, with the fingers crossed Messi's going to play. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Uh, a, a game in which perhaps 70,000 fans could yeah. be in attendance. Yeah, that was the number that Jake Reed kind of initiated today. He said they're on track to selling out Arrowhead, and that would mean over 70K for this uh, game. It would be the largest uh, crowd uh, for soccer in the state of Missouri um, ever, uh, and that would knock out St. Louis City, and I think unless they ever – Played at the old, I don't know what it's called now, but the old Edward Jones Dome. If they ever decided, well, even then, not that they could probably hold seventy thousand. Yeah. So I think you know, for for a while, that that number will be safe. But um, yeah, it means a ton. I I don't know the, the global the those who are at a fan level not really familiar with the game outside of we know sporting exists. We like going to games because they're fun. I don't think understands the the weight that the name Lionel Messi or even just his last name carries globally. It is unlike it is unlike Mahomes Mania. It is maybe on par with Taylor Swift Swifties. <laughs> I mean this is this is going to attract hundreds and thousands of people across the region to Kansas City for this and it's going to be a a, a, a very at a micro level a micro level experience of what the World Cup is going to be like because Messi's Argentinian the the Argentinian community just circulates around that Nate's been to some of these games uh, and can probably attest to like the atmosphere um, and the vibe from all these people coming into one place to see just to get a glimpse of this guy but it is it is he is probably the highest globally profile like the highest global profile of an athlete that will ever may ever play in Kansas City barring whatever happens in the next World Cup yeah it's hard to imagine um, a sports figure being a bigger icon in the world 
than Messi is. I have had the pleasure of watching him play in person three times. I got to watch him twice last year during that magical run. I watched that first game he had where he scored the goal against Cruz Azul. And um, I got the chance to broadcast a couple of his preseason games called the commentary. Now, I was in a TV studio in, in Florida while those matches were in Saudi Arabia and Hong Kong. And I will tell you this, the, the part that I'm really hoping for is what doesn't happen with the game I called in Hong Kong, which was he didn't play. And then the Chinese government gets involved, and they're mad, and they don't want the Argentinian national team supposedly is banned from ever playing there again. The last 30 minutes of the game, the whole stadium was booing because they could tell that he wasn't going to come into the game. And there's, I know Jake Reed got asked about this today. There's no way of controlling that. You have no idea if he's going to be healthy or not healthy. But, uh, but, but if he plays, what, what, the only thing I would say say in terms of what it means i mean th- this this is a series of of when you look at the timeline of soccer in kansas city history put another pin down for this date the the game against manchester united was one of those i was at yeah. that game that was a massive 52,000 club think, yeah right? and that was a game that did was a friendly yeah. this game is an actual regular season game and then you can put obviously all building up to the world cup the thing i would say when people, I hear people say, it's just one guy. How can, how can it, you know, is it really worth it just to get a glimpse of this one guy? Watching this man play soccer, honest to God, the only thing I can even really compare it to is for me watching Patrick Mahomes in person, in which, by which I mean, when the ball is in that man's possession, every inch of the stadium comes alive. And, and there's like a, an energy field that, that just permeates through the whole place. And the closer you are in proximity to that man with the ball, the more you come alive. Like you see everybody in the stands just kind of rises up immediately. The players on the field, if you're guarding Messi and he gets the ball, you just see a, a different level of attentiveness and awareness. You see his teammates when he gets the ball spring to life a little bit more. The security guards just stand up a little bit straighter. And and it's it's I can't recreate the feeling by describing it, but I hope you understand. Like when you see Mahomes, you do you feel like you stand up a little straighter because this guy might do something that I haven't seen before. And that is messy, and he's doing it in a free-flowing sport where you never know when he might receive the ball, and you have no idea what he's going to do with it, and he is an artist performing, and the best artists all around him are amazed by him. The only analogy to that I could come up with was when I watched Prince play in concert one time, and the other world-class musicians on stage looked at him in awe when he was playing the guitar, and that's how the players react. Even the great players that he's played with his whole life mm-hmm. seem to react act that way to him so people ask me like is it worth it just to go yes if you get a chance to go watch this man perform his art live in person it's worth going so the more people that can see it the better as far as i'm concerned all right great conversation with vahe gregorian Daniel Sperry and the Messi of soccer broadcasting. <laughs> please, don't, please don't curse me with that. Anytime somebody gets branded the Messi of something, they fall on their face professionally because there's just no way. There's no way, there's that, no way. No way that can happen to you, Nate. Thanks so much for your time, buddy. Thanks, guys. I'm not sure Peter Vermees was ever on the hot seat after last season's slow start, but it was a horrible start. Hey, we caught up with Vermees at Sporting's Media Day and asked him about last year's finish, how it could carry over to this season. And we talked to him about Johnny Russell's role as team captain. The first thing I'd say is, is that for the guys that were here, 
yeah, I think there's definitely a carryover. Um, I also think that they also feel very proud about what they did because they knew that it wasn't easy early on. And there's a level of commitment that you have to show as a player, and then you have to execute when the time comes. And, and they did when, when the time came. Um, so I think there's a, there's a pride factor in that. I think the other is is that, that the group, um, they, they understand what that was like. Nobody wants to have to go through that again, for sure. Um, but I think the other side of it is is that they also have a sense of you know, inner strength that they probably knew they had before. And, and that's a good thing, because you can draw on that at times. For the new guys, they have no idea. You know, they're just thinking they're starting off a season and let's kind of let's go. Um, and and I, you know, I've, I've said this before that from the 2013 to the 2014 season, I had the exact same team, same, same roster, brought all the same guys back. Um, and knew that before the final, like, because we had already made a lot of decisions. But it still was a different year, right? It, it, it's always going to be a different year because you're going to be faced with different challenges. And I'm sure we're going to have different challenges this year. And that's probably one of the great things about the job is that you're, you're, uh, it's, it's always different. And, and you, you know, you got different decisions to make at different times. And the, the other thing about it is, is that you don't have a lot of time to think about it because you got to make a lot of decisions quickly and, and go. And if it doesn't work, it, you know, get ready for the next one. And you know, that's where you get really tested. And so I think both player staff, everybody um, is, is pretty excited about, you know, this year. And, and, and even, like I said, like how we started this past weekend, good composure to get a result. James Barry, KC Star. Um, Johnny's been your captain for the last few years now. Just over the years, what what are some of the leaders, how have you seen him grow as a leader? And what are some of the, the traits that you kind of saw in him that you knew he would be a good captain for the, for the squad? Yeah, I, I think what happens is I think sometimes you have qualities already inside you that lend, it, lend, lend those, those, those qualities lend themselves to you already being a leader. Sometimes guys don't necessarily know it or they don't know how much impact they actually have. And then finally, there's also sometimes you have to invoke some strategy with that as well. And I think, I think Johnny already had those, a lot of those qualities. Sometimes I don't think he knew it. I don't think he knew how much of an impact he already had uh, just as a guy on the team. Um, what I do think he's, he's, he's grown and learned is there's a there's strategy sometimes in certain situations, and whether that's dealing with staff or it's dealing with a, a colleague, a player, you know, a teammate. Um, and I think he's gotten a lot better at that. But um, Johnny's a, you know, he's a he's, he wears he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, a, he's an emotional guy, but it's great to have that in the team. And um, I never doubt his commitment or, or wanting to win. It's always there, and, and that's, a, that's a big part of uh, who he is. Finally, let's hear from Johnny Russell. He spoke about the responsibility of being a captain and his mindset heading into the season. A little bit later, I asked Johnny, who's a Chiefs season ticket holder, what he thinks about the back-to-back Super Bowl champions. As, as much as you don't enjoy it in the time, it's, it's, it's part of the learning experience of, of being the captain, being the leader of the team. Um, and, you know, I gained a huge, huge amount of experience from that difficult time. Um, and, and I, like I said, there's, there's so many guys here even now that that could could do the job. Um, so it's it's nice to 
to be seen as uh, the top of the pile as it is. Uh, so, such a different year coming into this year. Last year, you were captain of a team that was held together by bailing wire and string. Yeah. You know, so many guys injured and stuff. This year, you're healthy. The team is healthy. Lots of expectation. What did you take from last year that you can use this year? And how much more enjoyable is it going to be to be a captain of a team that's hitting, hitting full stride right at the beginning of the season? I just think when we are... When we're at full strength, when we've got everyone there, we're just a dangerous team. Um, I think you've seen that once we got everyone back, once we got all the pieces back from May, June onwards, I think our record speaks for itself. The way we were playing speaks for itself. And especially teams coming here, you know, you want that sort of that fear factor to come back. And I think you could see it last year. It's up to us to, and we can't rest on that. We have to go and show it again. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, everyone's everyone's fit. We've got a couple of slight things here and there, but nothing to the extent we were dealing with last year, where you probably had four or five of your starters miss the beginning of the year and missed significant time as well. So, to have everyone fresh with a good pre-season, everyone ready to go at the start of the year, I think it's, you know, you just, sometimes you, you have a feeling, I feel it's going to be a good year for us. That's up to us to do that, yeah. obviously. But no, just just in training, just when you look around the guys, when you speak to the guys, there's just I don't know. I think there's something something different this year, and maybe a little bit of a chip on our shoulder from last year, and maybe a point to prove. Um, some people saying last year was luck uh, to get into the playoffs, but I don't see it that way. I've I seen the work that went into getting us there, um, so. No, just overall feeling is probably excitement mm-hmm. um, to see what you know. We we keep everyone fit, see what we can achieve. And and the fact that you went through what you did last year, if you go through a two or three match losing streak, can you draw on that to say, hey, we went through a lot worse last year. We came yeah. through it. Let's just keep pursuing. Is that is that how you approach it? Yeah, I mean, we didn't panic last year. Um, you know, you, you have a couple of bad results this year. We're definitely not going to panic either. So we know this game is it's so up and down. Um, you can be top of the world one minute and then, you know, this game just kicks you sometimes. Um, so we we know what we're capable of as a team. We showed it last year. You can't, like I said, you can't rest on that. You can't be like, oh, we've done it before. But we've got so much experience now to draw from um, from last year. But hopefully we're not in a position where we go on a little run like that and you lose games like that. Um, if you lose a game, then you have to bounce back. The next game you have to win. Um, it'd be ideal if you didn't lose a game all year, but we're realistic. We know that's probably yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So it's we just have to respond well um, to that. You look at the game in Houston last year, we probably lose that game. You know what I mean? So we didn't play well at all. We probably didn't reach the standards that we've set ourselves for the play that we're capable of and we managed to sneak a point on the road against a for me a very good side so that's a positive sign a um, little bit disappointing we take the lead and then we concede um, but like I said we probably didn't deserve a point we took one so in a long season you know those those points when you're not at your best when you're on the road you know they could be huge um, so no it's good point to start the season on the road now we're at home now it's time to start making this place a fortress again and 
you know we need we need to win majority of our games here. You're a season ticket holder. I am. Yes. I'm. I'm not saying it's because of me, but we've been back to back Super Bowl champs since <laughs> I got my season tickets. So I'm just saying. What uh, What do you admire about their the way they go about business, the Chiefs? I've, I've, I mean, I've always been a fan of the game, even when I was back home. It was always something I watched. It was always something I was interested in. So it's it's not new. To me, it's not as if I just came over here and started enjoying the sport. I've, I've always liked it. Um, but I don't know, I just... I think just no matter no matter what's happening, it's two very different Super Bowls. One year, you go into it flying, the favourite, and then the next year, they grind it out, and then it just comes to the postseason, and they're just... For me, they're just different. Um, as soon as that postseason hits, big players step up and some of the guys that they've got to step up in the, the biggest moments I mean it speaks for itself that fully deserving of being back to back and it's just huge for this city as well such a such a connected city that get behind their sports no matter what it is um, so just I mean I'm obviously for me as well it, it's amazing to be a part of it be a part of the city when, when this is going on and I know the words get thrown about a little bit, a, a little bit recently, but it's a it's a dynasty. You know what I mean? That's not make no mistake about it. So to be here and to be, you know, a, a part of it as a supporter and, and get to watch it, um, no, I, I love it. That will do it for this episode. Big thanks to Randy Mason for pulling everything together and making it all make sense, and thanks to our Sportsbeat Casey staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Daniel Sperry, and our special guest, Nate Bucati, for sharing their insights. Here's my weekly plug for the Star's digital sports page, the Morning Sports Edition. All the updated coverage of Sporting KC, the Kansas City Current, the Chiefs, the Royals, college basketball, national and international news are found on the pages of liveedition.kansascity.com. That's liveedition, one word, .kansascity.com. Check it out. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you like what you heard, give us a rating, maybe even leave a comment. We'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in and around Kansas City on a weekly basis. Hey.